You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Brain. Eric Scopel is with me as always. And yet again, another week, another verbal commitment for Oregon head football coach Mario Cristobal and his assistant coaching staff. The Ducks have done it again. They've gone into uh, the 2021 recruiting class, and they have landed a verbal commitment from Christian Bookhalter. This is an emergency podcast, uh, breaking everything down from this verbal commitment that happened literally just, depending on when you listen to this, seconds, minutes ago. Um, Christian Bookhalter from Spanish Fort, Alabama, Spanish Fort High School. He is a six foot five, 230-pound Weak side defensive end at the high school level. He's rated as the 499th best player in the country, regardless of position. The 34th best player at the weak side defensive end spot nationally. And within the state of Alabama, he is the 18th best prospect. And the key here, uh, we're going to hammer this home, is Oregon is recruiting uh, Burkhalter not to play the defensive line, he is actually being recruited to play the outside linebacker position. So that's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for him. He does have some history playing that spot um, at the high school level in Spanish Fort. Uh, I think Eric will go more into his detail of just uh, what he sees on film of him. But overall, Eric, another trend for the Oregon Ducks. They've gone into SEC country now. And they've landed another verbal commitment from a guy who has 20 scholarship offers. And some of the programs who have offered include Georgia Tech, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Virginia, Arkansas, Duke, Florida State, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan, Missouri, Ohio State offered, uh, Pittsburgh, Purdue, South Carolina, Tennessee, UCLA, and West Virginia. So a guy that maybe doesn't necessarily have the two biggest schools in his, in his state, Alabama and Auburn, uh, doesn't have an LSU offer. So, you know, some of the bigger programs in the SEC haven't offered. But nonetheless, this is a guy from SEC country who holds multiple SEC offers, who holds some pretty big-named schools like a Florida State, like a Michigan, oh, like an Ohio State, uh, schools that have offered him scholarships that are pretty pretty well known, and I, I think this is a, a very very good get uh, for Mario Cristobal and his program. We should say, Matt. A couple of weeks ago, we were saying maybe the recruiting surge would slow down a little bit. Um, <laughs> hasn't worked out that way. They addressed twenty twenty two last week at the Marion Winston, um, and then today add again to the twenty twenty one class. And we should note that they are moving up in the recruiting rankings to, I think, third nationally, unless you, unless you have – can tell me otherwise, Matt. Um, I believe that's where they are. It's hard because stuff gets updated in real time. We're using – projections we're using, but uh, they, they, they're jumping to the number one recruiting class in the back to where they already were. They already were there, but, yes, you are right. They are number three. They jumped LSU and they jumped Tennessee. And it's super tight between all those schools, and there's going to be a ton of jockeying around. And don't be surprised if you look at these recruiting rankings, the team rankings in a week in Oregon has fallen – a couple of spots just because it all it really takes right now. And Burkhalter is an example of this is, is a pretty good recruit to commit and it could move you up a couple spots because the, the, the rankings and the, and the scores are so tight up there 
In terms of Burkhalter, I think he reminds me, you know, and the more I look at him and, and watch his tape, he reminds me quite a bit as a prospect of what we saw a couple of cycles ago out of Isaac Townsend out of Colorado, similar body size, uh, you know, similar sizes at 6'5", 6'6", 230, 235 pounds. Um, both rated very similar. Uh, Townsend slightly more highly regarded, at least based upon the composite right now, but it's, it's splitting hairs. They're basically identical rankings. Um, and, and I think they, ha- they share a lot of similarities in terms of how they play. I think Burkhalter, and I know Oregon fans haven't seen Townsend play, so I'm not like I'm talking about a known com- commodity quite yet, but Townsend's a player who you will become familiar with when Oregon does play next. He's a player who's going to play quite a bit. He's been backing up Mace Funa um, and Kayvon Thibodeau kind of back between the stud and the defensive end position. I, I think Burkhalter fits that mold really well with what Townsend does and what Townsend figures to project at Oregon. And I think Burkhalter is even maybe a little bit more explosive than what you saw from Townsend on film. So I, I, this is a really nice get. And I know, you look at where he ranks amongst Oregon's commitments now, and he's right near the bottom because all these kids are the blue chip four and five star recruits. But Oregon's not miss. This is not a wasted scholarship. I think this is a high upside recruit. I really like him, and, and I think Oregon fans should be really excited. Not just because he's a good prospect, but because it continues a pipeline in Alabama, which they're just recently starting to kind of fill. You look at this class as a whole. Um, kind of teased it. They have eighteen now verbal commitments. Uh, Five of those players are three stars. Everyone else is a four-star or a five-star recruit. They have the now third-best recruiting class in the country. About two points separates them and Tennessee, who's currently now at four. Prior, prior to this commitment, Tennessee was three, but the Ducks have jumped the LSU Tigers and the Tennessee Vols to vault themselves into that third spot now. And um, you mentioned kind of – Yes, Burkholder is a three-star, and um, he is Oregon's highest-rated three-star high school prospect. The only guy higher than him that's a three-star is Jadarius Perkins, who's a Juco, play, Juco player who traditionally, junior college players, it's, it's extremely difficult for them to be viewed as a four-star caliber recruit. Every once in a while, you'll get a couple in a, in a season, but uh, Perkins is a top, I think, the sixth-best player at the Juco level. Um, in the 2021 class. So that kind of gives you an idea. You know, Burkhalter is pretty close. I'm not going to say that he's, he, he's you know, a, a, a one thousandth of a, of a point away from being a four-star player, but it's not inconceivable to think that if high school football is played in the fall uh, down in Alabama and if Burkhalter has a big senior year and gets his film out there, that he could he could be a guy that could go up a couple spots and a couple rings up the up the tier of rankings, and become a four star player. And, and I'm not I, I I'll say this I'm not on the rankings committee, so I don't have a say in this. I'm not hearing this from anybody, but he's just that kind of a of a prospect where high ceiling and he's within arm's reach of crossing that threshold of becoming a four star player. So it's not inconceivable. Um, that if he plays his senior year down the road, he could become a four-star player. And I think, Eric, that's what I like the most about this. I want to talk a little bit about his game later, right now, but we'll, we'll go more towards what you've seen on film but from a technical standpoint. But just overall scape, scope of things, I look at Burkhalter and think, and your Isaac Townsend comparison is perfect because they did this with him as well. They're looking at him, I think, as a two- or a three-year plan of get him into the system, redshirt him, yep. and let him you know, just 
train and develop his, his body, develop his skill set. And in one, two, three years, he could be an entirely different player just because of how high his ceiling is. Yeah, and we saw with Townsend even in the spring, and I know I can't draw too many conclusions, but his, physically his body was completely different than the player we saw in the fall. He put on 20 to 30 pounds. He's playing at 6'5", 265. I think Burkhalter could do something very similar at Oregon um, once he gets out here in terms of probably similar to Townsend, based upon the depth in front of him, because I think he plays a similar position to what Townsend is going to play and, and what Funa plays. Um, he probably doesn't have a great chance to start or play a ton right away, but you, you redshirt him, you continue to work on him, and by the time you need him, he has a chance to be playing at closer to 255, 260, and now you have a really athletic guy off the edge who can really move, and you saw it even in his high school film. We'll talk about that in a second. He, he's really athletic in space, and, and I think, again, even a little bit more so than what we saw with Townsend. So I, I think this is a player who, yeah, I don't think you're expecting immediate immediate contributions in 2021, but, like, I wouldn't be stunned by a 2022. You start to see him as a role player and then maybe by 2023. And that's, that's kind of where Funa's career probably at Oregon is coming to a close. Burkhalter's in the spot to, to jump in and start. All right. So where let, let's look at the outside linebacker perspective here, even though he's ranked as a D end, he's coming to Oregon as, as an outside linebacker. Um, what's the impact at the position here? What, what's he, what's he walking into you feel like? Yeah, I don't think it's – again, I don't think it's super friendly in terms of, like, he's going to step in and start right away. I think that would be stunning, to be honest. Oregon is carrying at the stud linebacker position, I would say, three players. I think you can throw my eye in there as well. And they're all redshirt freshmen and sophomores. Um, you look at the other outside linebacker position, they're all sophomores or redshirt sophomores. So it, it is – outside linebacker on Oregon's team, there are a lot of players that are just a few years older than him at the same time. I think that gives him a great opportunity when he redshirts, which I think he probably does when he arrives, to really work on his body, to get ready, to go through the Isaac Townsend kind of off-season where he, you know, Townsend talked to him. It wasn't just physical, it was mental as well in terms of getting ready to play college football, to, to getting caught up with the speed of it. I, I, I think Burkhalter could have a very similar transition where maybe not – he doesn't play much in 2021. 2022, you're looking at him as a guy who's a maybe a role – role player who comes in, in in certain packages. And then by 2022, 23, you're looking at, or I should say 2023, you're looking at someone who can start and push for that spot. Cause that's right about where Funa would be exiting. And so I, I think that's not a, I don't think that's a far cry at all to think by his second, maybe third year, he's really pushing to play a lot um, and contributing just because there are a lot of players on the roster who are a couple years older, but they're going to be gone really by the time his career gets started. Now, Historically, um, Burkhalter isn't a player that's going to be a, a top 10 defensive end to, to commit to Oregon or, you know, one of the 25 or 30 best players ever. Um, and we're not trying to say that as a, as a negative, but it's just a reality. Yeah. Um, that being said, Oregon is starting to – you kind of teased it at the beginning. Oregon is starting to kind of find their way into SEC country – and building some pipelines uh, out west from that area, and in particular the state of Alabama, the place that the state that Mario Cristobal previously coached at or coached in um, when he was with the Alabama Crimson Tide, is starting to turn into a deal where maybe every year Oregon could be signing one or two guys. That's the trend that we're seeing here, and uh, you know you look at it, Oregon really had not had a lot of success in that state. 
historically, I think of a guy like a Brian Jackson, who I know came from Alabama. He was a pretty successful player at Oregon. I have a hard time really remembering a lot of other players up until these last three cycles from that state that have played at Oregon and really had much of a role or a significance. But under Cristobal, we saw in 2019, they took two defensive backs from the state in DJ James um, and Triquez Bridges. Um, we should say that DJ James plays at the same high school as Burt Coulter um, in Spanish Fort. And then in 2020, this last cycle, we saw a couple of additions here, quarterback Robbie Ashford from Alabama, and then right at the end there, and a player we're really excited about, uh, Jason Jones, um, a defensive lineman. And, and we should say, like, these are, these are five prospects now that they've landed who are all right on the cusp of being four-star prospects or were four-star prospects. James, Bridges, and Burkhardt are all really, like we said, right on the cusp of being four-stars. And then Ashford and Jones were both four-star recruits. So you're seeing here um, already, uh, I think, a really nice return from this Cristobal signing. And we haven't really, and again, we, we haven't really seen it come to, to fruition on the field quite yet. I think DJ James had some nice moments last year. Um, played a decent amount in some games where there were some injuries, but not a ton. And, and Bridges, we haven't really seen that much from either. But I, I do think this group from Alabama, the fact that they're going and having some success with guys that would otherwise be staying in that footprint, um, I, I think it's pretty significant. Yeah, and, and look, the state of Alabama, while it's it's not going to be um, a Florida or a California or a Texas in terms of creating you know bona fide players every you know multiple bona fide players every single year you know tons and tons of guys it's still pretty deep i mean their it's 22 class has three five stars in it uh, there there are uh five players in the top 100 from the state of cal from the state of alabama so if if you're wondering why would out Al- why would oregon be trying to go into the state of alabama and and land some of these guys it's because it's producing a good chunk of of top 24 7 players in the country it's producing a a five star or two every year and if you can every season add one or two guys into uh your program from the state of alabama over time that's like compounding interest over time the interest in the duck program in that state will, will continue to get higher and higher because Another high school coach has sent a player to Oregon and he'll start talking more about the Ducks and watching their games and uh, teammates will be seeing uh, that guy who was a year older than them, two years older than them, three years older than them play at Oregon and they'll, they'll keep tabs on how he's doing. And then the Oregon coaches will continue to come through and, and it's all a process and it just kind of just builds up. And so Oregon's starting to – look, I'm not going to sit here and say that every year they're going to go in to Alabama and sign – you know, three of the best five players in the state, but it's starting to become more and more open for Oregon to be a player in that state. And they'll never be the school. And that's an unrealistic expectation, but they can now maybe go in and and be thought to be a major player for some of these, you know, four or five best players in the state, 10 best players in the state, if they continue this trend and these guys have success. And I I think one thing to note here is, just the caliber of recruit from the state of Alabama. These are, like I said earlier, these are borderline four-star recruits. These are recruits that like Matt ran through the off, the offers Burkhalter carries. These are good recruits. And, and the reason I make that distinction is you, you could look back to Willie Taggart's first, the, well, I guess his only full recruiting class at Oregon and all the kids they brought out from Florida, the Florigan movement. 
and you look at the recruiting rankings of those guys and like sure Oregon landed a bunch of kids from Florida, but the, from a ranking perspective, these weren't kids. And from an offers perspective, frankly, that carried the sign that sort of cachet of what we've seen under Cristobal these last three cycles from Alabama. I mean, like I said, these kids were all had offers to go to SEC schools to play at elite programs around the country. And they chose Oregon. It's different from what we saw, I guess, under Willie Taggart from a Florida perspective. And I just think that's an important distinction to make of like, it's one thing to build a quote unquote pipeline to a state. It's another to go in and, and actually land marquee players, like players that have options to like Tricus Bridges has more interceptions than any player in the state of Alabama from a high school you know, perspective. And he's, I think the fourth highest rated of these five kids they've landed. So they're landing some top kids out of that state. They might not be the, 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 the sexy blue chip four and five star kids right now, but, but these are Productive. really high caliber kids. Yeah, I mean, just you don't want to go too negative on some of these guys, but from that 2017 class, when we made a, such a big deal mm-hmm. about the Florida-Oregon movement, I mean, the, Darian McNeil, he's not even in college football anymore. Dimitri Birch, uh, he was a three-star from Florida. He, he did nothing really at Oregon. Um, and his biggest accomplishment probably, not to be negative, is he emulated uh, Arizona's quarterback at a high level um, yeah. in practice so that Oregon could be ready for him. Um, and he's and, at the University of West Florida right now, Matt. So, I mean, he, yeah. Billy like, Gibson, another guy that came here and, and, and hasn't done much, and he has since left the program. Darian Felix, uh, one guy I think a lot of people were really high on, myself included, never really phased, you know, happened for him here. He has since transferred. Jordan Scott was part of that group, and obviously we know enough about Jordan Scott. Daywood Davis, too, and – uh, his David Davis's commitment to this team and, and doing whatever it takes to, to, to be good. But I mean, Oregon signed seven guys from Florida and only two of them have really kind of done anything um, at Oregon. And obviously Jordan Scott was the biggest get and one of the best players on the team for 2020. But yeah. like you said, Oregon's going in and, and they're landing players that other schools in the group of five or the power five, excuse me, and, and that those regions are wanting and Oregon's getting those guys, which is always a huge deal. And that's the, that, that's the latest case with uh, Christian Burkhalter from Spanish Fort High School in Spanish Fort, Alabama. Right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll break down his film and kind of just what are the impacts from a perspective of the 2021 recruiting class at outside linebacker and who could also commit next. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
All right, welcome back to the Odds and Audibles podcast, breaking down the latest verbal commitment from the Oregon Ducks. Christian Bookhalter, three-star defensive end. He's being recruited, though, to play outside linebacker for the Ducks. And, Eric, I, I, first and foremost, what's that transition going to be like, and what do you see on film when, when you've watched him now a couple times? Yeah, I said it in the – and I, I should say I put this together, my uh, film review. I, I, Kevin Wade, I think, sent me, our colleague, sent me his film a, a day after he was offered by Oregon. was like, this kid's, like, really good. And I watched and thought the same thing. So I did a film review way back when here. Um, and and my, I thought the same thing in terms of he looks like a perfect fit for stud. I didn't make the Isaac Townsend comparison. I wish I would have made it way back when when I wrote these. But um, you look at him, and, yeah, he stands up in most of his film in Alabama. Uh, he puts his hand down a little bit, but primarily he's standing. So he's basically playing a similar to position to what he – I think we'll be playing at Oregon at stud. Um, he is, I, I, first sentence is the upside is strong with this one. And I think that's true. He's tall, he's lean. Um, he still has a lot of room to grow physically, but he's really explosive off the edge. He makes great plays in space. Um, I, I, I think, you know, athletically at six five two thirty, he covers a lot of space. Um, and, and I think that's where I get excited about putting him out in Andy Avalos' defensive it's just another one of those long, lean, rangy guys that can make a lot of plays both east to west. And, you know, you see what a guy like Bryson Young did last year at Oregon in that, in that spot, and that's a player with similar physical size, at least to Burkhalter. Um, and I think Burkhalter could project to be an, even a better athlete down the line than Bryson Young. Obviously, we're kind of hard to project because what we saw from Bryson Young was as a fourth-year senior this last year. Talking about Burkhalter, who hasn't even started his senior year in high school, but – um, I think the upside's really high for him at that position just because of what Oregon likes at that spot. I think he really fits it to a T. I, I just look at him and just think this is a, a, a very impressive athlete mm-hmm. and a guy who's already pretty big at six foot five, 230 pounds, but put him in Oregon's program for weight training, you know, give him on, on the, the meal training routine and, uh, the rehab retraining and, and all of that. And this could be a guy in two or three years who is a six foot five and 250 pound outside linebacker coming off the edge for Oregon that can move pretty well. Um, pr- pretty, pretty high ceiling in my mind. What do you think, Matt, in terms of this position group now? And we've said it a couple of times. He's an outside linebacker more than he's a defensive end. They already have a, a Brandon Buckner in this class. Um, Terrell Tillman who plays sort of a similar – he's an edge rusher as well. He could play standing. He could be a hand-down guy. Do you think Oregon adds anybody else at this position? And kind of going forward, like we're now at 18 commitments and we think Oregon's going to take between 22 and 24. Like they're getting right to the end, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're running up to the maximum amount of players they can take right now. It's, it's, it's getting interesting. Now, outside linebacker, um, I, I think this is probably going to be it. For, for Oregon at that position just because of the guys that are still on the board at other positions that are quite simply the nation's number one, number two players in the country and, and other four, high four-star recruits. And I look at who Oregon has offered uh, at the outside linebacker spots and who's kind of still considering their, their options and – there really isn't anyone else out there that I'm really just super high on potentially landing at Oregon. I mean, I think Oregon is c- continuing to recruit Rajon Davis, outside linebacker from Matter Day High School, who's committed to LSU. But 
is he certainly going to decommit and then go to Oregon? Can't say that for certain right now. Um, but he is a guy that if he all of a sudden says he wants to flip, you, you take his verbal commitment. He's the 36th best player in the country. But, you know, a Jonathan Flo, a four-star outside linebacker, younger brother of Justin Flo, probably not a good sign for him and, and his chances at getting to Oregon in the 2021 recruiting class. Um, Yanni Carliftis has Oregon in his, his, four, his top four as a four-star outside linebacker from the Midwest. Um, Oregon's not going to land his commitment. They're, they're probably stopping uh, their recruitment of him um, following this get this get and the one that it probably impacts the most is Jabril McNeil um, six foot four 225 outside linebacker from North Carolina and Raleigh three-star player um, could maybe see Oregon circle back if a couple guys who they're saving spots for don't end up at Oregon and McNeil is still interested um, but I looked at this as a Burkhalter versus McNeil race to see if they could get one of those two guys and Burkhalter beat him to the punch. Both guys were very high on Oregon. I'm not going to rule out McNeil, but it's going to be, I think, extremely difficult right now in the current state to add him to the picture as well. You mentioned Rajon Davis, outside linebacker out of Matter Day, one of the best players in the state of California, committed to LSU. Is he... Now with what we've seen Oregon do at linebacker so far and with the dwindling numbers, which are, which are really, like, really dwindling. I mean, there's really not a lot of space. Is he a must-take if it, if it works out where he's, he kind of comes back on that LSU commitment and opens it up? Like, is Oregon save a scholarship offer for him, or, or, or could that be a thing where they might not even have enough room for him, do you think? It's going to be tight. Um, I have a hard time looking at Oregon and saying they're going to turn away the 36th best player in the country who's from the West Coast, who plays on defense, and who comes from maybe a top 10 high school in the entire country, and one in which Oregon has worked extremely hard to go in and develop some pipeline at Matter Day. Um, But at the same time, you can't just keep adding everybody. Like, like you, you come up to a point where there's a hard line and this might be a case in which if JT or Foreman are still on the board and you feel very confident in getting one of those guys, if not both, and those are the number one, the number two players in the country, you're going to have to roll the dice and say, you're either going to have to wait, Rajon, if you want to come here, because we need to make sure that we've, we've got a spot for these two guys or we're, we're just not going to be able to take your commitment right now. It's, I mean, this is like the, the ultimate scenario you want to be in from a, from a recruiting standpoint where you are being ultra conservative with who you take verbal commitments from and the players that you're taking verbal commitments from are the best players in the country. Like, <laughs> like that's like a perfect setup. Well, I know, and that's kind of what I was getting at, is that there, that is sort of feels like kind of the dynamic that's developed here where, where Oregon, based upon numbers, might come to a spot here where they become more selective than they ever have had to be historically, where they're actually having to make some tough calls and some players who 
three or four cycles ago would have been insta takes USA the best player in the class. Yeah, it would have been maybe the headliner of the class, and maybe you're having to kind of what do we do here? We don't have enough room, so it's a really weird spot that they're potentially entering into. Um, obviously, so much has to take place before we know any of this type of stuff, but I do think it is something to keep an eye on where. Oregon's starting to get up there from a numbers perspective, and uh, maybe they're going to have to make some tough calls on, on who even they can take a, a commitment from at this point. So, I mean, and, and really, there's not a lot of guys left. Like we we do these verbal, we do these stories after verbal commitments of who could be next to commit, and we typically add five or, or six names to the list. But now for the last two, we've cut it down to three simply because they've gotten to the point where you yes Burke and Burke Alter I will admit Burke Alter was not on my list just because I didn't think he was going to make a decision very quickly if you go back to his recruitment and the Ducks offered on like July 6th and it's July 23rd now for his verbal commitment so he he didn't waste any time no. in terms of considering Oregon and deciding that I'm going to go to Oregon and so I didn't view him as a guy that was, you know, he got offered by Oregon and I just didn't think he would make a decision this quickly. Um, but obviously timelines get sped up and that's how you can get indications of, of how fluid recruiting can be at times. But looking at who could be next, and I mean, it, it's kind of now very similar names. We all have discussed them at length, it's Kingsley Sulamatia, a, a four-star offensive tackle. It's a Bryce Foster, a four-star offensive lineman from from Texas. Uh, Dante Thornton, a four-star receiver from uh, back east. Uh, you know, those are some of the names that you're now wondering. And Oregon's also getting into a point now where, unless you get a Burkhalter type situation in which he gets offered and he instantly says, you know, in a matter of two or three weeks, he's going to commit. Um, these guys are left on the board are all saying right now, at least that they aren't going to decide until December or potentially even January of when they make their verbal commitments. So I, I think there's a better likelihood that we find out one of these guys is going to move up his date than one of these guys making a decision right now. Like, does that make any kind of sense? Like, like, yeah. I got I, I could I could see a Thornton come out and say, you know what, I was gonna decide in, in December, but I'm gonna release my final three in late August and make a decision in September. I think that something like that could be be what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating times and it's like it's hard to project and to know what's gonna happen because you're right, the timelines for most of the kids organs in on doesn't feel immediate at all, which is the reason why a couple weeks ago, and I think you're right when you said it, of like, it doesn't really feel like anybody's going to bite right now. It feels like there's, there's kind of going to be a lack of maybe a lull in the commitments and, and it hasn't taken place. And I think we both feel the same way that like, it doesn't feel like anything is imminent right now from anybody else, but who's not, who's to say that in four days, one of Oregon's top targets says that they have a, a commitment they've got to, to announce in five days and Oregon has another commitment like a week from now. So it's, it's just a weird time. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this emergency edition of the odds and audibles podcast. Again, the Oregon ducks have landed a verbal commitment. They're 18th of the 2021 recruiting class from Christian Burkhalter from Spanish Fort high school in Alabama. 
three-star prospect, which now elevates Oregon's recruiting class to the third best class in the country. We've got full coverage on the site on duckterritory.com. So if you want even more information on this, you can go to duckterritory.com and read even more content on Oregon's recruiting and where they are going at historic levels at the 2021 recruiting class. So for Eric Scopel, myself, Matt Prem, you've been listening to the Odson Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control-Alt-Desire, now streaming on Paramount+.